0: And a lot of people are winning in different ways, but man, if you don't have, if you're vanilla across the board, whew, that's going to be a long ride. Um, that, that, that is my, you know, tried and true, like, like how, how self effective can we all be about if you're bringing vanilla to the marketplace, it does not work.
1: This is C2C, where we cover innovation in the food and CBG business from conception to consumption. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Today, I'm pleased to have as my guest, Dean Eberhardt, who is CEO of Hoplark, an exciting beverage company doing interesting new things for the category. Dean, welcome to the podcast.
0: Uh, thanks so much for having me, Gary. It's great to be here.
1: So, uh, so Dean, uh, why don't we start... Why don't you tell our listeners uh, some of your personal background and how you got into the food and beverage and innovation business? Yeah, I love that. You know, I've always been a flavor geek. And, you know,
0: for, for years, uh, my best friend Andrew and I were home brewers. And so, and you know, I'm the guy that was... <laughs> was inviting my friends over in my 20s to come watch football just so they'd drink the rest of my bottle of scotch so I could buy another one and have another flavor experience. I was that much of a of a flavor geek. And, you know, Andrew and I were never, we were never all that good at making beer, to be honest. Um, it was way more, uh, I, I guess, way more dedication than we had for the craft, because we were kind of like starting young families and stuff. but. Um, but one day, you know, I was I was kind of spinning in suburbia of Chicago. Um, love Chicago. I grew up there. Um, but it was, you know, I wasn't maybe um, connecting with, you know, my my best life. And I started on this journey of health and wellness. Um, and you know, so I so I did a whole thirty, which required me to give up alcohol and craft beer, which is a thing that I absolutely adore um uh, and especially a door to the time um and uh i went to a brewery with andrew and like it was like day 25 and i was wishing i had a beer and <laughs> grabbed his ipa and gave it a smell and said you know what if we replaced the molten beer with hops and uh or sorry with tea
1: and
0: and so and this idea for a three cal three ingredients zero calorie like tea, water, and hops beverage was born. And, you know, we gave it the gusto that we probably didn't give totally to our our, our home brewing journey, um, and spent 18 months at my garage trying to figure out how to make it. In the meantime, I moved to Boulder, uh, Colorado, where I am now. And so it was actually my garage in Boulder, and we're, we're watching, if you can imagine, we're watching all these bit people climb mountain behind my house, and we're in my garage scrubbing tanks and kegs because huh. we're just having to go batch after batch to get this thing right. It was it was really very difficult, and um, and you know finally we got there, and it was a it was a really cool combination. We got some support from some local breweries. We did a bunch of experimentation, like, you know, probably batch 100 or 150. Um, And we're like, Eureka, this stuff tastes good. We got it. Um, And, you know, I think even just, like, thinking about, you know, we made a decision. We were about six months into the project, and we realized we, we made something that was pretty good if we added, like, a little bit of sugar to it. And we committed to this concept of, you no, know, actually the magic is gonna be if we can get this elevated taste experience with just three ingredients and no calories. And um and so we started with just a whole extra year. And that concept of like doing it right, like sticking it out until that until we got the result we were looking for, like that that flows through, you know, the entire culture of our company trying to You know try try to do what we can and ingredient selection and product quality and experience and um, so i'll stop there for a second that's a bit of that's a a bit of our background maybe an unconventional slash conventional path given all the people i know that weren't in any sort of cpg i come from a b2b manufacturing background so not really in any way close to it Um, i just love flavor
1: well, that's, that's really interesting background. Uh, you know, your move to Colorado and your experience wanting to get something that gave you kind of the smell and, and taste sensation of beer without the alcohol. Um, you know, tell us about, you know, you, you, you touched briefly on your company's culture. Uh, does your company, does Hoplark have a mission and a strategy, uh, that really differentiates you? Uh, You know, I know that, for example, uh, beverages is is a really crowded sector and everybody's everybody's fighting for shelf space. So, you know, how do you how do you carve out a space and how does that tie in with your company's mission?
0: Well, you know, my kind of M.O. in life is if, if everyone's going left, that's just an incredible opportunity to to go right as fast as humanly possible. And so, you know, coming into this industry, I saw so much similar thought patterns, so many similar thought patterns, um, and, and actions of, of early stage CPG brands. And so we just did a number of things that, you know, I don't know about fully bucking the trend, but like we, we just wanted to get really, really deeply inquisitive about what the market was like what the customer response was to our product and how we can kind of intermesh the two to have success. Um, And so, you know, Andrew and I launched at a farmer's market um, back in summer of 2018. So we're 31 months removed from selling our first can of hot tea at a farmer's market, singular farmer's market in Denver. And and we just studied. I I like to say like, I, I even, You know, I watched people's eyes in the response, and we weren't handing them like branded cans of hop tea. We were handing them unbranded, you know, clear plastic, compostable cups um, of liquid that they'd never had before. And when we had, you know, like uh, very many similar interactions around like people, someone telling us it's the best thing they ever had, and then maybe their mom, was spitting it off, spitting it on the sidewalk, I was like, Eureka, we got it. Because, you know, it's a response. Hmm. And and that was the biggest, you know, that was the biggest learn is, is like having, like, like not being vanilla, being like having a really strong perspective, both in brand and in flavor, and, in, and even eventually for us now past the market, is the, has been the critical success decision for us for you know for the entirety of the of the company and so um i've been really appreciative that we you know that, that we got the opportunity to lean in and learn the customers early on see what their responses and then and then everything's been built off of that you know that's sort of like um uh, going for this this really unique flavor experience it generates a result and i'll give you an example so we probably our most shared photo on Instagram. We get a lot of shout outs on Instagram. Um, probably the most shared one is actually, we call it the steering wheel shot. Um, it's our customers that have just bought it at, you know, Whole Foods or another store. And um, and they're, they're so excited to post about it on their story feed on Instagram. That they can't wait to get home. So we end up with these shots of customers holding the can with a steering wheel in the background at like a red light and it happens so often, um, and so like that's the type of that's the type of result that we've been kind of designing products to generate with customers, and and the core around really simple ingredient profile, really differentiated taste experience, like unexpected taste experience, and just having it be a, a, exceptional. Um, and of course, it's and like not for everyone as well. So and that's been and that's gone, I mean, that's gone really well um so yeah we've been we've been really lucky to have had all those other
1: all interactions with customers. so so like you said when everybody else is going left you turn right um i i assume it's the hops i assume it's like whoa uh there's lots of different teas out there with all sorts of interesting flavors but is is yours the first and and only one with hops at at this point dean
0: yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I have all these friends in entrepreneurship, and we joke about how there's no new ideas. Um, this was this was a new idea, like it was a thing that hit me at a brewery in a moment, like that light bulb experience. And I saw, I kind of like saw in a couple of minutes the path to where we are today if we could actually execute on it. Um, uh, you know, that's that's a bit of a fantasy in a lot of respects, but it it, it is actually what happened. Um, and you know, we've been. Um, yeah, I'll say like like the the left and right thing like like not necessarily you know you mentioned the beverage market being so incredibly competitive and it is and you know at an early um, early stage we recognize that in order to differentiate we need to generate like a true organic velocity on shelf um, which to get a little specific about market terms but really that's you know what's the relationship of one customer with one shelf, with one product and one taste experience, and then focus on that singular event and rip the entire business model off of that. And so from the package design to the flavor experience, to customer profiles our placement in store, we're in the key set most commonly as opposed to the non-alcoholic set, and that's incredibly intentional. Like all of those um, things were designed for this this kind of wow moment of, of customer result that leads to repeat purchase, leads to word of mouth, mm-hmm. and so you know we've there's a lot of there's a lot of companies doing a lot of really cool things out there. There's a lot of companies doing a lot of really cool things out there with a whole lot of money. You know we've never raised institutional capital, and we basically hadn't spent a single dime on marketing other than in-store promotional stuff through like June of this year, fully like two years into the business. And it was because we felt it was way more important to understand that singular customer, singular taste experience, singular purchase result, and then have, and like, and and lean into that result versus trying to maybe force a story to somebody that isn't as sold as they would be otherwise. Um, so that's, mm. you know, that's not, um, in my experience, like overly common, especially in the beverage space and and it's been candidly like the 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 thing for us um from day one.
1: Mm. Congratulations, just fantastic idea. We're gonna when when uh, after the pandemic we're gonna open our office back up and we've got a kegerator in there and now we're gonna definitely stock some hop tea for people who who you know who wanna crack uh maybe not a beer but a hop tea at five PM and enjoy. So it, 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 kudos Love great that. great idea well,
0: great idea well well thanks so, Next, our customers I mean, we get a lot of um references to it being their work beer um so so that works really <laughs> well
1: um
0: so like yeah. so like a midday pick me up or a you know repla replacing coffee with a really unique taste experience that doesn't have any you know sugar or any junk in it um and that we get like tons and tons of that, that conversation around, uh, it's, it's like a work beer, we're, 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 it's like kind of like we're drinking at work. It's a little fun, a little naughty, like, um, you know, and also refreshing. Yeah. So
1: we love that. Uh, that's great work beer. That is great. So we've had a couple of, uh, uh other, uh, fascinating beverage entrepreneurs on the podcast, GT Dave of, uh, you know, Synergy kombucha, the, the kombucha yep. billionaire. Um, you know his his story was probably same kind of thing you know he was spent hours in his parents kitchen trying to perfect probably one of the very first commercial kombuchas so you know he was on the leading edge of that uh, we had Barry Nailbuff who's the co-founder of honesty and of course honesty he and his partner Seth Goldman they uh, they worked very hard to to come up with just the right recipe again kitchen kind of thing, hundreds of iterations. And so, you know, that's, that's what gets a lot of the, the buzz in this industry is, oh, how'd you come up with that idea? And how'd you go through those hundreds of iterations? And it is fascinating. But but let's pivot this conversation now, Dean. Let's talk about some of the rubber meets the road stuff because you and I know, have both read uh, the graphic book Honest, uh, Honest Tea's Background, Mission in a Bottle which was written by uh, Barry and Seth, and it, it, it goes through their, their whole life cycle with that company. And once you get a killer idea, whether it's kombucha or less sweetened tea or, or hop tea, once you get that killer idea and you get the recipe just right, you got all these practical major issues to get through. Uh, packaging, finding a co-packer, figuring out price points, uh all the headaches that go with distribution in getting mind share for the beverage distribution segment and then um you know lots of lots of other you know shelf space all this stuff so uh walk us through your journey on some of those things and you know what 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 learnings can you share with our listeners
0: well thanks i love that and i will say um uh barry and Seth's book um Strikes a a sentimental tone for me a bit. Um, I I probably purchased it about four days after thinking of the idea for hop tea, Um, and and it was you know almost two years before before launch after that. So um, so it was it was a big part of our journey, Um, and it's such a good book. It's a it's a great novel, and it's really honest. No pun intended. Pun intended. I guess. Um, and connected Mm. Um, you know we we are as in a lot of things we're pretty unique in this Um, we make the product ourselves and in a lot of respects that's been our superpower and it's been our greatest challenge Um, so my background's in manufacturing Um, Andrew's a PhD biochemist so between the two of us we kind of had some idea that oh well if we think we can make this and then you know we use actual beer equipment and our product is made not with any extracts, not with any flavors created, you know, by some chemical process or extracted process. Like, like we use whole leaf organic tea, and we use hops, like actual hops. They're in they're in pellet form because that's an easier way to keep them, uh, keep the longevity on them, um, and and they come mostly from Yakima Valley, Washington, um, and so and that's it. I love I love. That before the pandemic, when I could give tours of the of the brewery and be like okay so you see that right there and that right there those are our ingredients um and, and like you can you can touch them you can feel them they're like they're real plants um and but we also we also brew it on craft beer equipment which amazingly enough given the craft beer boom is just abundantly available in all shapes and sizes so we've been hmm. able to scale our production you know, at we I think we're 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 undergoing probably our fourth or fifth tank scale up in the history of the company right now as we speak. Um and and it's been uh it's been relatively easy to do that given the abundance of these different size craft breweries out there. And so we've been really grateful for that. It's not a traditional process, it's not using, you know, mixes or uh, or syrups or different things. It's it's really using the plants and it's unique. And that makes it difficult Um, but we also chose to slow our growth i would say Um, and we're not growing slow to be clear but like we did slow
1: some of our growth
0: to match our ability to produce it um so we went nationwide with whole foods last september august september which was just an amazing opportunity they're a great partner everything about it led on amazingly well um and uh and we signed an exclusive deal with them. And that was such a no brainer for us because we're like, well, man, it was going to be really great to learn on these 500, 500 doors before we go expand the rest of the market and understand what, you know, working with UNFI distribution to Whole Foods, like what all those dynamics are. As opposed to, you know, after we won the new beverage showdown at BevNet um, and won an XD award for the best, you know, best new beverage product at xls like we had some real opportunity to grow a lot faster than that um and i i think that could have been we could have hit some major roadblocks with the self-production and so i'm just really grateful that we got the opportunity with whole foods grateful that you know andrew and i you know saw that that there was a a nice opportunity to go a little bit slower and and then we've just been in really great position so team's growing you know we're a little over a year removed from that decision. Um, you know, we're, we're continuing to grow at a pretty incredible rate, but it's not, again, it's not growth at all costs. It's, it's, we're doing our best to grow team, grow systems, and you know, both on the marketing side, the sales side, the um, the operation side, and and it's not, it's not easy because it's really tempting to just say yes to everything and go faster. Um, so it, that's been an awesome learn for me.
1: So it sounds like you actually, uh, the fact that there was, there's such a huge supply chain infrastructure for breweries, craft breweries, you were able to glom onto that equipment. You didn't need to deal with co-packers. You just started doing it yourself, right? Um, yep. uh, you know, looking, looking at your website, looking at your packaging, it looks kind of like a craft beer can. So We're able to, you know, just uh, do very similar things with uh, with packaging there and cut some of your lead times.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I'll say everything we do, like we have a really incredible just-in-time mechanism here because we do kind of um, have a lot of flexibility. Uh, We're still even like labeling our cans as opposed to printing them um, because we do so many different things. Um, But the um, yeah, I mean, it's been. it's it's been a, it's been really cool and the connection of craft beer has been has been really great for us um you know the design parameters on the can I, I appreciate your mention of it like it was essentially like like how do we design craft beer meets food right and so we get this nice color block but then there's some depth of design character and, and that's and that's what we were going for and i think it's it's had a pretty pretty decent result and then the placement on the on the tea shelf kind of and then the, the the juxtaposition of expectation there for the customer has been really great where, you know, what, we get a little bit of like, what is that? Why is that there? Is that out of place? And like, that's exactly where you want to be engaging with customers because that means that they're also interested in new flavor
1: experiences. So you mentioned Whole Foods uh, for people who want to try your product are there other other outlets they can get it at today or in the future
0: Yeah so we're in a number of spots in Colorado we launched King Super a Kroger banner um this past summer um you know obviously Whole Foods is in a lot of different places and it's been amazing watching some of the traction of um of our our, our result there in maybe some unexpected stores across the country right a couple of shout outs to like to The stories in Baton Rouge and the stories in the store in Asheville—they're um, uh, just like <laughs> some really deep love for hot tea and maybe some unexpected places—and um, just we appreciate that so much. Um, lots of independent accounts. You know, we have had um, COVID's been challenging from a uh, reset perspective um, of just like how many retailers are have been you know moving toward resets in the category, but. I mean, like we're having, like we're, we're going to add because of that. We have a lot of cashed, let's say, like opportunities coming in early 2021. And you know, the thing is, like we're we're we offer like a a totally different experience on shelf, and it's just full additive value to the tea set. Where like the normal, the normal, um you know, just like trying to take market share from back to honest tea, like a black honest tea or something we're actually just like a totally different product in the same set. And so we see that we actually lift the entire category up when we get on shelf. Um, and so retailers are just thrilled for that. And then the other thing is we have incredible repeat with purchase rates. So like when customers find us, they like deeply fall in love with us. And if, when they get trained that that's the retailer that, that has us, like they'll keep going back to that retailer, even if it was a random find, you know, grabbing a pizza or something, you know, they'll go cart shop us at the retailer. Um, And then the other thing is our online business has, because of that kind of depth of customer commitment, it's grown just incredibly. Like I, you know, I went from um, never, like knowing basically nothing about e-commerce to uh, being part of a conference on it in September. (laughs) So like starting in March, knew nothing, and somehow it was like speaking at a conference led by DevNet around, Around uh, e-commerce, and it and it's just all about like the depth of the fan love and our commitment to giving our customers continually new experiences. Um, you know, we we launched this limited release program, so we have this great traction on shelf, great retailer relationships, all that's going super well with our core five skus, um, and they and like and the, the traction is building, velocity building, all of that's going great. And then we also have this website experience where if a super fan comes to our website, all of a sudden they have uh, options to, to look at to purchase some of our limited releases, which we're doing a lot because we have our own brewery to make them in. Um, and that's driving just incredible traction, um, a kind of unbelievable uh, uh, year-over-year results on, on e-commerce. And so just deeply appreciative to our our fan base for, <laughs> for sticking with us during the probably most challenging year of my career and like, and and even just providing this incredible opportunity for growth for our brand.
1: Excellent. And it's, uh, the website is hoptea.com, correct?
0: Yep. H-O-P-T-E-A. That's
1: it. Nice and simple. And, and, and if, uh, professionals in the food industry who are listening to this, uh, you know, food scientists, researchers, uh, entrepreneurs want to get in touch with you to talk personally, what's the best way for them to reach out and contact you?
0: I think the best is on LinkedIn and just reference, you know, hearing, hearing me chat on this podcast and wanting to to talk like that's probably the easiest. Um, I'm on that a lot. That's been a really um, dynamic platform for a lot of brands and entrepreneurs over the past year. Um, I think, and, and there's been a lot of community building there. You, You know, it's been really, kind of amazing to see how that, you know, in lieu of Expo West, Expo East, Fancy Food Show, all these different mm-hmm. trade shows and, and distributor shows, like it's almost like LinkedIn is the is the super connector, at least for the, you know, the entrepreneurs that are putting out the blood, sweat and tears this year. So um, so that's been really fun. That's
1: probably the best way to Okay, excellent. So you mentioned it was 31 months ago that you sold your first can uh, at a farmer's market. And looking back on your journey, Dean, um, what are things you can share with our listeners that either were particular challenges or and or things you might have done differently? Oh, that's such a.
0: Fun question. So the, I would say on the on the challenge side, trying to build, you know, so much of our industry is built around co-packing and then and then having the core brand companies be marketing um, essential marketing companies, um, and that's great. And I have a lot of friends who have companies like that. Um, you know, so for us taking on the challenge of self-production, while at the same time growing a brand like that, that is fundamentally like just very dynamic and I know a lot of breweries do it but we are you know we're on a growth curve it's maybe a little bit abnormal not not totally abnormal there's a lot of breweries there that do a really amazing job um and have gotten a ton of expansion um but I would say that that's that's the challenge and also we're new to the space so like this is <laughs> for anyone that's not done this yet that's thinking about doing it um every single thing you could possibly imagine is You know 10 to 20 times more difficult than you think it's going to be and probably will take you know five to ten times the amount of money that you think it will um and that's you know i heard that a lot i heard that a lot um and it still didn't totally sink in you know my belief in our ability to break convention and and do things differently was you know was pretty it has always been pretty strong and so you know i thought we were going to be able to Great convention. I remember talking with an investor, and he, you know, if you this, is funny, you should, you should shout out to me. But um, uh, he, uh, um, and, and I said, you know, hey, we're, we're I kind of, my goal is kind of never to never be with UNFI, um, because I just heard so many bad things. And I thought we could do something different, and like, <laughs> um, well, that didn't last very long. And UNFI is amazing. Like, I mean, yes, challenges, right? But like they, like the idea that you know, a singular distributor could get you to call it, you know, I don't know if it? Five thousand, ten thousand $5,000, $10,000 across the country. Like that's, that's incredible. Um That's an mm-hmm. incredible platform and tool, tool, tool to use. And yeah, there's chargebacks and yeah, it costs money. And yeah, all of the things, right. But, but like I always tell entrepreneurs, like that's a, that's a tool, not, not something to be, you know, too upset about. And so, um so like just, just the kind of changing, approach, you know, we we definitely spent money doing things that we thought were gonna work that didn't. Um, and so if I just had a full hindsight 2020 on everything, like what would I do differently? Like so many things, um, but what I wouldn't do differently is I wouldn't, I would still 100% devote as many hundreds of hours to the farmer's market as I did to learn our customer. I would still self-distribute to our, you know, the Rocky, the Denver area Whole Foods stores for the first three months of our launch there, because I got to learn the customers, learn the customers, learn the stores, learn the employees there, all of the things, um, and learn the system. Um, and I would 100% take the, the exclusive deal we did with Whole Foods over again. They've been an amazing partner. Um, like they're like so. So some of the like, I feel like the most, and I, and I make our products again. I, I, I do not regret that. Um, it is a, it is our superpower. And our people are incredible and committed and devoted to the you know to what we're doing and you know just watching that team build like we, we could be you know four folks in a in a marketing office um, instead of, we have thirty five employees today uh, and that's that's an amazing position to be in you know to be it's also incredible responsibility but um, but it's it's been uh, yeah <laughs> it's been a wild ride for sure.
1: Great advice. Great nuggets in there. Um, let's go. Let's go back to innovation. You had sounds like a little bit of serendipity, sitting uh, in a microbrewery <laughs> with a friend, and you know, wanting to have uh, a hoppy beverage without alcohol. So that's an interesting personal story, but. Let me ask you, Dean, if you take a, a broader view of innovation, what are, what are the mindsets or the qualities or, or the talents that, that, that you see in some of the top innovators that you admire? Um,
0: well, it's, it's so funny. So I have a story to share, and I hope he's okay with me sharing it, um, but I'm going to do it. I, I have this, this incredible amount of respect for a gentleman named Todd Carmichael from, uh, from La Colombe. And we, we both won innovation awards at BedNet last year. So last December, we both won Best New Product Awards. And this is a gentleman who, I think at one point he had the the like land speed record for crossing the uh, Antarctic continent, and also helped co-found and build La Colombe to what it is today. And he was like, okay, I won. Uh, uh this, guess what number this is? He was going like, oh, guess the number of this award we won. Like, he's like number six, and he was so excited about that. this. is a gentleman who's done so many amazing things in his career. He was so excited about that. And I'm witnessing this. I'm like that. That's it. That's the that's that's the magic. Just still caring about just deep innovation. And I I would be lying if I said that didn't fully like map out my year this year i mean we we covid hit and we um i told my team i'm like okay the thing that's working for us which is on-shelf discovery let's just assume that for the time being that's no longer accessible to us what do we do well we become a a digital brand how do we do that (laughs) and for us the only way to make that happen was to um to, to do the thing we knew which is Lean into our customer love, and so we built a limited release program from scratch, created a ton of skus that we never thought of before, and we just started launching them every month. And it's it's an incredible part of our business. In fact, probably that limited release program alone, I would say it's close to eclipsing our entire revenue for 2019. Um, and and so here we stand yesterday, and we were awarded uh the same uh the same award at Devnet, um best new product for our limited release series. And it's like, okay, but well, we've got two. <laughs> and like we, we just keep caring, right? It's about it's about continuing to care and not letting, you know, um j ju- just the, the and, and for us, you know, we the most fun part of this has been, you know, the idea of hop tea being unique. So we created a space and now we get to define what that is. And so applying that to an innovation mindset, um, just goes, you know, can go so many different directions. So, you know, we, we did what was a single hop hop water in July. And of course, we called it the tea is silent series because there was no tea in it. It was just hopped. I was very clever about that. And we were getting customer responses like this is the best thing you ever made and like this is you know you guys should send this to beer institutes because it's this incredible singular hop experience um you know we just did one um our our um uh our team um uh put together a uh it's it's a spruce tip infused hop tea so it's spruce like trees hand hand Hmm. foraged from from the, the mountains in the Rocky Mountains in, in Colorado, um, you know, permitted by the National Forest Service. And um and you know, that skew has blown up and to the point where it's now a permanent skew. Like our customers love it so, so much. And this is something, I mean, who's who who really is drinking pine trees or spruce trees or has <laughs> ever consumed spruce trees you know, in a spark, kind of sparkling water experience, before. like no, no, that doesn't that doesn't doesn't really exist. That's really fun, really fun to give people taste experiences they never had
1: before. Oh, that's that's a great story and uh, passion. I guess is the one word sounds like you especially associate with innovation. Um, you know, there's uh, Dean. There's often a fine line between success and failure in uh, in innovation. Any any personal stories you can share with our listeners on either one or both sides of that equation? Yeah, I
0: mean I had spun up I, I was coming off a pretty substantial startup failure um when I launched this. And I was in, you know, some, some a bit of the eighteen months discovery and 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 uh um development work in my garage was a bit of my, you know, recovery mode from my last experience i had built uh created and built a uh, a company that was trying to solve um, a lot of the challenges of the plastic recycling industry of all things um a lot of people don't know but you know plastic recycling doesn't really work kind of a forced thing um and the thing that bothered me the most was that there's 30,000 people every day that at work with their hands in garbage um, in manufacturing facilities trying to, you know, force this recycling story kind of on America. And, you know, I saw a real opportunity to, to use machines and systems, um, and design to, uh, work to solve that problem. And we, we, so we did it. We built the plant. We did all kinds of cool stuff. And, uh, our outputs were, uh, straight commodities derived from petroleum. And when we launched the plant, like the next day, the petroleum market crashed and stayed down for the next, let's go down. So like that was, uh, we, we were upside down from day one and it was, you know, it it was really hard. I still built a team. We did amazing stuff, but it was like, I was, I was really questioning my ability as an entrepreneur and, um, and so, for me to pivot, you know, I'm I'm going to share a pretty personal story. I, I, I like for me to pivot to this. You know, we were this, the the BevNet New Beverage showdown is a, is a really big deal. It gets it gets a lot of attention. Those guys are amazing. The team there's just great. And it's a two day event, so you pitch the first day. And like this is me, you know, two and a half years after my startup failure um, in Santa Monica. I got up really early on the second day when we were in the finals, I got up at like four AM to practice my speech. Everyone thinks it was all natural. It was not I spent six hours prepping the speech before I gave it. And um uh and I found myself an hour like thirty minutes or an hour before my pitch, I was like on the beach in Santa Monica bawling my eyes out because I knew we were gonna win. And and I was just like, oh my God, this is real. And um and there just that pivot from you know kind of a a really major failure to cut, like i would say an incredible start of a success story in the c p g space which is really challenging um that that does feel kind of awesome I have to admit um and I'm really grateful for you know the support and you know i have a ton, i've leaned into a lot of avenues of support both from team and from coaches and from peers you know to get to where we are as a brand where I am as an entrepreneur and, and just the the magic of that path as opposed to my last path and I kinda of like you know, I had a great team, but man, I was I was carrying that rock myself um mm. a lot of the time. And so uh so yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride. What's that what's the Disneyland thing a little on the supposed wild ride but that's no doubt. Um and uh and just just so appreciative of the journey. It gives me so much perspective on you know, what matters and what's, you know, what what's going right and where to, you know, after like, as we've been going through this, I've been consciously like, okay, you may never have this again. Like this, so such a, you know, from scratch, you know, like knowing nothing about anything in this thing, you know, and have it, and have it, you know, work in a way that you imagined. Um, and I've just been, <laughs> I've just been holding on and watching and and kind of bearing witness and experiencing it and um and yeah that's been uh that's been great
1: that's a great story about you winning the contest it, it reminds me i listened to a one podcast episode where jim cook of sam adams described winning the great american beer festival and that uh, that brought a tear to my eye that's these are dramatic events when that happens so, so uh, you 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 mentioned uh really creative things you're already moving into like the spruce tips. Um what what are what are some of the biggest ongoing challenges or speed bumps that you see yourself facing Dean in in ongoing innovation with your company?
0: You know, on the innovation side, I see a pretty uh I, I think we have a pretty amazing path forward um i think that just such a deep cultural influence of innovation from day one um has positioned us really well so we have you know there's other categories that we're going to be innovating in in the coming year or years there's other you know like non-hops non-tea type riffs that we can we can play around with like i i actually think that that's um that's something that we are just so like so talented at right now as an entire organization um that i think that that's like that's going to be um i think it'd be really cool to you know to to, to be a part of the, i would say like a major challenge is, is just fundamentally like <laughs> like b- building the you know what was an entrepreneur doing? they jump they jumped out of the airplane and they're trying to put the parachute together on the way down like like that's that's, <laughs> that's about it right so so like <laughs> like we still manufacturing, still team, like, how do we, how do we, how do we get, you know, the passion and the culture and the support to like really be exhibited across the entire organization and, and, you know, how do we continue to bring in rockstar talent? How do we continue to find amazing partnerships whether its retailers or, you know, or different um, brands that we could partner with, or or, whatever it might be like, like that's all, that's the stuff. That's the work. The, the people part of it. That's um, uh, and, and that's the one that I'm really deeply fascinated by, um, because you know we're at that scale where one person or a, a couple of folks, you know, definitely cannot do everything, and it forces this support and alliance to be a culture, you know, a cultural and 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 a and major value in the organization, and that's the piece that's um. That's where it gets really fun.
1: Mm, mm. Yeah. Growth, uh growth can be challenging. Um, but you know, I I'm fond of the expression of if 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 you don't like growing pains, uh try the opposite, right? So <laughs> um <laughs>
0: No, no doubt, well, no doubt. I think the the other expression of like, you know, sales solves all or revenue solves all challenges. Like that's not you know, is that totally true? Yeah. But
1: um yeah. but it does, it helps, no doubt yeah 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 the version of that I've heard is that every company has two challenges sales and all the others right so (laughs) um, so so uh, Dean I always ask all of our guests the same question which is what advice would you give to two different sets of folks first innovators who are already in the food and or beverage or CPG space and second new people just starting their career in this space what what advice would you give to those folks
0: you know what i'll say uh, it's the same thing for both um, have a perspective and stick to it do not be vanilla if you try to bring something that's even close to vanilla into this incredibly crowded incredibly challenging marketplace it you know it will not work fundamentally will not work what's the perspective, what's the point of view you're trying to share. That can be product, that can be brand, that can be customer experience, that can be delivery mechanism, that can be, you know, channel the market. Like there's there's a lot of that in our industry and a lot of people are winning in different ways, but man, if you don't have, if you're vanilla across the board, whew, that's going to be a long ride. Um, that 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 is my, you know, tried and true, like, like how how self-effective can we all be about if you're bringing vanilla to the marketplace it does not work
1: Mm, mm. good advice um um, tough to execute on right but really really good advice you just (laughs) got to be be
0: self-reflective it's it is um it's it's sometimes hard to see the forest of the trees and even sometimes you know we do it um, and, and that's, you know, it just, just keep pushing the boundaries of like how, how, um, intellectually honest we are with ourselves about what's working in um,
1: and, and really just being into what's working. That's, that's the path. Mm-hmm. Dean, before we go into wrap up, any, any other comments or any, any other things you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, I'm good. I mean, other than like, if you haven't tried the product, you got to try it. And it's
0: not that much of a plug. I mean, we have, we have, we have good, pretty good sales traction. So, but like, man, I'd love to hear from anyone who hasn't tried it. And like, and like, you know, go go try a hop tea. Let me know what you think. You know, are you, is it the best thing you've ever had? Or are you spitting it out? Like that's, that's what I love about, you know, (laughs) I remember, you know, back when we used to have expos, it's like, um, people ask me, you know, what, what's this taste like? Or am I going to like it? I'm like, well, there's only one way to find out. And it's always a journey. So, like, step in. Um, so, that's, that's, uh, uh, that's that would be, I guess, my, my piece of, like, just interested in what people think about what we're doing. Um, and appreciate any feedback that I can get across the
1: board. Well, I'm I'm excited to definitely try it. I have not tried it. And I'm going to go look for it. And I'm going to try it. Um, so I, I want to thank my guest today, Dean Eberhardt, who is co-founder and CEO of Hoplark. Uh, go look for their products, Hop Tea and Whole Foods and other outlets. Uh, Dean, thanks so much for being on the podcast today.
0: Thanks, Gary. It was a pleasure. I really, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, have a great, um, I guess we're, we're a recording a little bit before the holidays. So you have a great holiday, man.
1: Likewise to you, Tiff. Thanks for listening to C2C, where we cover innovation in the food and CPG business from conception to consumption. Just type the letters CTOC, no spaces, to find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbeam, and Google Play.